Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. That's who we in applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In FL and Dave. Damn a shake. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, and so on. As we approach New Year's 2012, I can't believe this year's already done. It makes me sad. I welcome you to episode number 42 of the Dave Damashek football program available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Or you can check it out, and you can check it out if you want to, at davedamashek.nfl.com. Much to discuss as we head towards Week 17 here. Let's do it with our old pal from NFL.com, the auteur of the great Pick 6 column, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? How you doing, boss? Thanks Swell. for having me. Swell. How are you? Appreciate it. I'm wonderful. How was your uh, How were your holidays? Great holidays. It's weird. This is the one week where you. it's hard to say. Like you say, how was your one holiday? But there's the second well, one. Well, we, we had multiple because we did have – because we do do Festivus yeah. in my family, and we also do Christmas. And you so even brought good. it to NFL Fantasy Live last Friday. We did, yes. Fun. Yeah. Absolutely. You brought out the Festivus poll. Brought out the Festivus poll. I guess I recycled some of your old jokes, and it was a lot of fun. You did. Yeah. yeah you apparently. guess you recycled some of my did. old jokes? Well, this is my own fault. I should watch the shame report more. Yes, you should. And I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to follow that same uh, that same order, shame report 16, on the way, as I say at the top of the shame report. I just shot it. As a matter of fact, uh, shame, unfortunately, took no holiday. Therefore, neither can I. Um, So, Rank, let's get into it here. Some big games, some juicy games, some late Christmas gifts Mm -hmm. from the football gods delivered to us. Especially, I mean, we got uh, we got Denver hosting KC, Orton versus Tebow. This is a wonderful game. Great foresight for them. But, yeah, well, I I do think it's interesting that the Broncos in late November – 
decided to waive Kyle Orton. Why did they do it? Because Kyle Orton asked them to waive him. He didn't mm-hmm. want to languish on the bench any longer. And they said, all right, we'll do you a solid and we'll let you go. And now that may come back to bite them. No good <laughs> deed goes unpunished, as they say. What if it does really cost them a playoff spot? Egad. I hope it does. <laughs> you do. Why do you hope? That's because it would be good. I mean, it's like a movie script where you, you know, although it would be in reverse, because Kyle Orton, I guess, would be the bad guy against Tim Tebow. Well, that's a big game. And what do you think? Who do you think is? Uh, let's just jump right into uh, the playoff implications. Do you think the Broncos? Not what you want, but what do you think will happen in the Mile High City when Orton and company roll in there? Kansas City beats them. I agree with you. And the Raiders beat the Chargers. You think the Raiders do take care of business at home against uh, Phil Rivers and company? Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you, I I think that the Chargers, if they have any dignity, <laughs> should be able to show up and play well in that game. I mean, the the matchup in many ways seems to favor them, that uh, Phil Rivers should be able to have a big day in the air. But on the other hand, don't you think that the Raiders can pound the ball a little bit? That's a fascinating game just in football terms. Throw out the fact that one team is playing for a great deal and the other team is playing for nothing, playing out the string. It seems as though it's a foregone conclusion that Norv Turner's run is finally, finally going to over. end. Finally going to end. A.J. Smith's reign is finally going to end. Possibly. And the Chargers will turn the page and perhaps they will turn their sights northward, north and uh, about two hours north to uh, downtown L.A. Do you think it, what what chances do you think there are that the Chargers kick off the 2012 season in Los Angeles Zero. In, in a temporary stadium in in what would be the Coliseum I or guess. the Rose Bowl? The, the Rose, Rose Bowl, Bowl would probably, probably I don't think so. No, I think it would be no. I think the Coliseum is better suited to hosting pro football. I think the Rose Bowl would be the one they would look at. I don't think so. I think I'm pretty sure that it is the Coliseum. Oh, you're pretty sure. Okay. I am. From what I gather, from what I've read, that would be the move that they would move. That a team that moved here on a temporary basis would stay there until the new joint was uh, was built out. I don't know that anybody wants to deal with the Coliseum Commission because that's why there's. I know that's it's a miserable. big reason why there's no football team sure. in Los Angeles. That, there already would be one because there would be the luxury boxes, which are the necessity, as everybody knows. Now, which Al Davis had the foresight to. To enact, and that's one of the reasons he moved down from Oakland was to get those luxury boxes around the ring of the Coliseum. You still see the poles up from where they were going to be, just never happened. What about um, so? So you think I, I? I'm inclined to agree with you about Casey. I think Tebow has been exposed. It's two weeks now, four turnovers against the Bills. What the are Bills- we going to? Are we going to look back like in a couple of years and when they talk about all-time busts for quarterbacks and they're talking about Tim Tebow? Like, oh, remember this bus? Are people going to be like, hey, but you know what? He did win a number of games. No, yeah, he'll never be – he could never be compared to Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf. He's transcended that. But I do think he is a one-hit wonder like uh, Dexy's Midnight. Well, that's not fair because he did win – what did he win, seven games in a row? Yes. So I guess he's not a one-hit wonder. He's more like – he'll be remembered – he'll be a footnote in history sort of like Billy Ocean. <laughs> Billy Ocean – is is to me history has slept on this guy. He's put up uh, he he put up uh, five or six number one hits. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of my dream, get, get into my, my car, into my car. Have we discussed this on the yes, podcast? How I creepy so. I find that yes. song. Just take the just take the musical aspect of it out and just look at the words, and and you'll realize that he's <laughs> attempting to commit some level of crime, or at least he's creepy. <laughs> at least he's creepy. Get out of get I out of my dreams. If we get, get into my car, when Handsome Hank joins us later on, we should have him. We should broach the idea of him singing that song in karaoke. 
because he could make that charming. That's right. It's the holiday season. He owes us a little something, I would think. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. So I, I think that uh, Tim Tebow will be remembered as the Billy Ocean or Mark Fidrich of the NFL. <laughs> you know, had a had a nice first seat. That's a that's a good comparison too. Mark Fidrich. Look him up, kids, if you aren't familiar with him. So it is, uh, and and I I think you're right that the Raiders are going to win that, which obviously then means that it's the Raiders hosting a a uh, first round game. And here's another little pick for you. We'll get into this a little bit deeper in just a minute here. But I think that it is going to be the Baltimore Ravens paying a visit to the Oakland Raiders Ooh, in okay. week one. Because I think the Ravens are going to lose at Cincinnati. They should have lost to them the first time. Right, right. And Cincinnati, I mean, and uh, Baltimore very well could have lost to the, to the lowly Browns last week. Mm-hmm. If, the, if Pat Shermer and company had managed the clock a little bit better, that maybe is the way it goes. Joe Flacco, I know I rip him a lot, and Baltimore fans say, oh, you hate him because, oh, you're bitter because they lost, because uh, your beloved Steelers lost twice to them. No, I listen, I don't even consider the Ravens my rival as a Steeler fan. You don't. The, the Ravens have never defeated the Pittsburgh in a, in a huge game. They've never beaten Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Maybe they did once way back when, but when both teams are good and playing for something, they never, the Steelers never lose to the Ravens. They're... Essentially, it, it, it's fitting that the Ravens came from Cleveland because that's the same. That's the same dynamic. The Cleveland yes. Browns are to the Pittsburgh Steelers what the Baltimore Ravens are to the Pittsburgh Steelers, namely a punching bag, a team that gets whipped over and over again when there's anything on the line. So I think that Joe Flacco and people. So with that being said, Joe Flacco, people think I pick on him. How about this? He completed forty-five percent of his passes against the Browns last week. That's not good at all. That's 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 not in favorable. fact that's sub Mark Sanchez standards. And as you know, <laughs> I think Mark Sanchez thinks too. So um, I think that that's the way it's going to go. But you mentioned him a second ago here. He's walking through the door right now. Let's say hello to him all the way from England. The uh, our favorite English NFL employee. It's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Hey there, handsome! Happy holidays! Happy holidays to you guys too. How are you, Dave? Great. How was uh, how was everything at uh, at the house on the home front with uh, with the new little girl? In Terrific. The Thank yeah. you. Yeah, very good. Have we decided on a name yet? Uh, still, it's still up for debate. Still I mean, it, she's debate. like three weeks old now, and still nothing. How about uh, you know? I know we talked about an NFL name, but could we go all sports? One of my favorite names in uh, in sports history is uh, the great right wing for the uh, for the Ducks. Tamu Solani. Can we go Tamu? Tamu is a possibility. Really? Yeah. I also, uh, along, um, Adam reminded me, of course, she's American. Our, oh, son, yeah. our son is called Ronnie, so I was thinking Nancy might be a good one as well. Oh. And then we could have the, you know, the, the presidential partnership. Yeah, that's not bad. Wow, or, but if, if you're going with historical American names, Martha for Martha Washington, the mm-hmm. wife of the father of right. our country. Or you could go Hacksaw for Hack, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> Jim Duggan. Yep. Duggan or Duggan? Duggan. Nothing, nothing harmed the credibility of WWE more than when the face of Americana, Jim Duggan, mm-hmm. was arrested. He was pulled over in his car, driving around with the Iron Sheik, his arch nemesis in the ring. They're burning tree and, uh, and drinking 40s. This is a true thing. Right. You can look this up on, uh, on Google. I may have some of the specifics, but that, that, that to me hurt the credibility. I don't That's think, what did it? Yeah. 
I don't, you know, it would be the same as if uh, up, after up the that, game. Up well, to that point, <laughs> you, you thought it was all on the up and up. Well, what if Ray Lewis and Sed Benson get pulled over they after do. the game? Gosh dang it, they do. That's the problem with the NFL. These guys play grab ass after the game. I don't See, like it. Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, I thought they literally hated each other because they fought and then whatever camaraderie they had, they took it backstage. They didn't hug in the middle of the ring. Amen. People may not like this. This may even be considered controversial in the in the, the you know, it's amazing to me that everyone who isn't deeply religious has to feel bad about saying, I don't care for what Tim Tebow does with the with the pushing his his uh, agenda, because in almost any other case, that would be unacceptable. If I just wanted to talk about uh, what what inspires me constantly, people would say, stop it. It's a it's annoying. And stop t- doing that. Just talk about your team. And Tebow does a great job of that. And apparently all you, you can tell all his teammates embrace him. You can tell that athletes generally embrace what he's been doing um, in the past few weeks. But I, I don't like that. What I really don't like is the prayer circle after. I know that they're saying, listen, all the the, the colors uh, on, on our jerseys are, are secondary. What matters most is this, that we come together for this. Do it, do it under, uh, to me, the NFL should really step in and say, stop that. Because it also is a confusing message, too. You're not allowed to go to the ground for celebration. You're not allowed to take a Christmas bow out and put it on the football the way uh, Pierre Thomas did on Monday night. But you are allowed to go down to the knee in prayer. Why, what's, what's the difference there? Why are we allowing that? What is the? That's a legitimate question. I don't ask that rhetorically. Handsome Hank, you're a bright fella. Explain it to me. Why is that acceptable? Are you saying and, post-game or generally? In, I think well, how about in the game? What about in the game? Why is it acceptable? You're not allowed to go to the ground in celebration. Well, what You're not if, allowed to play in the celebration. That's exactly what that but is. Tim Tebow, d- Tim Tebow is clever about it because he does it on the sidelines. Yeah, so well, he probably hap- would get no, a penalty. No, a lot of guys do it right in the end zone. I think Tim Tebow's one of those guys. As he crosses the goal line, he points up to the sky and he goes down to one knee. Why is that acceptable? I think he's done his knee on the sideline. All right, but don't... don't, what don't, a, don't hey, what, that remind, what would have happened if Pierre Thomas would have pulled the bow out when he was off the field. Like he went out of the back of the end zone and then did it. There would have been no penalty, right? Right. Yep. That is the, that, that that wouldn't have been. So you have no answer. I have no answer. Rank, do you have a guess at why this is accepted and, and why other celebrations are not? Because of the prayer? Because they don't feel like you're showboating anybody when you're getting on your knee and giving thanks. Uh, you know. All right. Listen. Is that the- I, if we if we want to, I, I think we have to devote an entire show to this, and maybe we should even get a man of the cloth in here to really address this, because to me, it there there are few things that are more look at me when, than than doing that. It is acknowledging I just scored a touchdown, and the insinuation is, of course, that this was done as a favor to you by someone upstairs, I by see a higher the- power. So the the hubris involved in saying. Hey, I scored a touchdown. Well, of course, I have to give thanks for that. Indicates that you think somebody is watching you and helping you do that. That's a that to me is the essence of arrogance. I think the defender and should put his fist to the sky. <laughs> How dare you smite me? So, all right, listen. Let's not get into a heavy argument uh, about that right now. Quickly, let's do what we do. Oh, and by the way, I, I didn't make mention of the fact coming up in just a few minutes here, Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be fun to yap about him, about his dreams that were dashed. You know, all Eagles fans, when it was the the dream team, they've been dashed, of course. They they were dashed. 
I guess I was going to say long ago, but not really. They were eligible for a playoff spot until uh, <laughs> till, uh, what happened in week 16. But quickly, episode number 42, we honor the episode by talking about the football player or athlete who wore that number the best, and this one's a, a no-brainer. I think it's Jackie Robinson, right? Absolutely. Dude, do you want to go? You know who Jackie Robinson I is. <laughs> I'm not helped to here. I was going to go Stop Darren it. Sharper. Wait a second. Do you really Are not you know seriously? who Jackie Robinson is? <laughs> Are you honestly shaking your head you don't know who that, Jackie I, Robinson is? That doesn't translate well to radio, but yeah, my head is shaking. Wow. This is this is wow. breaking news. I think I, uh, I mean this this may be even I'm trumps gonna, the lack of pretzels. I'm gonna handsome co- Hank says that they, they don't have pretzels in England. You don't know who Jackie Robinson I'm is? I'm gonna I'm gonna commandeer unnamed girl baby from the from the handsome Hank household. <laughs> what you don't know who that's un-American is what that is, Anthony. Yes. Jackie Robinson, like Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. He was the first uh, African-American to play. Well, actually, I think. He wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't the first in sports. The NFL actually beat him by Kenny a year. Washington and Woody Strode. Wow, very nice rank. But uh, Willie O'Ree broke the color barrier in the NHL. I know that. Um, but anyway, yeah, Jackie Robinson. He was he was the figurehead at least. This was the biggest move when he well, baseball was bigger. Forty seven broke the color barrier for the uh, for the Dodgers. Of course, why wow, you really didn't know that? I'm, I'm as a matter of fact with the holidays. I was thinking about this at the uh, at the Damashek home. Jean Claude Van Damashek, my little two year old boy, mm-hmm. opened up. I was thrilled. Mo uh, Momo and uh, the old man gave him a bunch of superhero stuff. Cool. And uh, I, I also contributed to that. They're making these great figurines these days for little kids. I really love them. And actually, Marvel versus DC Comics, it's nice. They don't – they make basically the exact same figures. It's nice uh-huh. that these two warring uh, comic makers seemed like they decided to put their heads together and say, let's make the exact same looking figurines. Mm-hmm. Is that for real? Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's sort cool. of like if Coke and Pepsi said, yeah, let's join forces. Why Why the acrimony? Why let's come together. So they have well, all- they both have the same size 12-ounce cans. I guess you're right. Maybe they are just following the lead of Coke and Pepsi, our Marvel and DC. But so they have these nice little figurines, and you know they come in two packs, and they're like they're about thumb size. They're not Star Wars figurines, if if that's the era you grew up in, like I did. Um, but these little figurines are about thumb size. We got a bat cave, so it's awesome. And wait, and- so they do they when you're they're in twos? Do they have like the Green Lantern with like Wolverine, or is it two DC? No, no, no. They don't go that far. Okay. But it is it is um, Doctor Doom and Iron Man, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's Spider Man and Green Goblin, and so on. Joker and Batman, mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, it's great. So we have the Batcave. That was my question for you, though, Handsome Hank, as an Englishman. Do you have superheroes there? Yeah, but we have your superheroes. We don't. I mean, I think you should, Adam America? showed me that there is Captain Britain or something, but I don't think he he never translated. It's all about Captain America, exactly. Really? Well, that's a little yeah. bit. That's what's weird. Captain I mean, we, America is what very would be strange. A Bru- what, what, what would be a British superhero? Like Captain Thank You or Captain Captain Politeness or something like that. Aren't some know. of the Watchmen British? I don't know. I don't. The Watchmen, I don't count. Yeah. I don't really know much about them. But, um, but so- Batman, but like Africa has its own Batman. He's the Batman from Congo. And he's African American. He's not the Black Batman. He's Batwing, Batwing from Wing. Congo. What are you talking Batwing. about? It's a DC comic character, and it's in Africa. Yeah, he's from the uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And yet, we didn't carve out superheroes specifically for the Englishman. 
Well, I think there is. That's what I'm saying. I think there is Captain Britain. Yeah, there Look is. Oh, there There's actually Captain is Britain. Captain Britain. That seems but a little lame. I think lame. he was kind of useless. Yeah, he was. Captain Britain. <laughs> I think he was, he was called in occasionally, and then they were like, you, you are no, <laughs> you're no good to us. Go home. Yes, he's only – yeah, his, his superpower is his, uh, yeah, there's his a immense uh, – There um, is a Captain Britain for sure. What's his powers? Um, politeness. Yeah. And really stand, standing be. in line. <laughs> no, standing in the queue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> if your lift's not working right. Um, so, Handsome, we bring you in each week to discuss a – you read for us what catches your eye out there in the NFL th- comments and whatever that uh, – you know, whether it's on Twitter or if it's a comment to a newspaper or whatever. You read it for us because of your elegant English voice. You put it in the best possible light. It can be a ridiculous statement, but maybe you can salvage it with that nice accent. Who do you have for us this week? Uh, I do my best. I've got um, Raheem Morris, and mm. I don't like to editor- editorialize with these guys, but just bear in mind as, as I read this, this is a guy who 16 weeks ago was handing out caps, I think, to his team and, and, and reporters in Tampa saying Youngry on it. So just, just bear that Raheem in mind. Raheem Morris, coach of the Tampa Bay the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. losers of nine straight games. They were 4-2 and two at one point. Mm-hmm. Last year, it looked like they were right on. They barely missed out on the playoffs. A lot of people were picking them. This was going to be their breakout year. Josh Freeman was going to have a big breakout year and so on. And, of course, uh, things have gone miserably for them. And uh, so now the everybody's out there talking about that he's definitely going to, you know, he's on the chopping block, probably is not going to survive into 2012. Correct. Okay, here we go. I'll never fire myself. You don't go from being a coach of the year candidate to being the worst coach in the league to getting fired within a year. I believe in my guys. I believe in the system. I believe in the program. I believe in what we do and everybody in this building. It's a buying in factor. Either either you buy in or you don't. And we want to build this team this team young. And we want to develop a team that goes out and wins and wins consistently. Well, can I just say and I mentioned this on the shame report, so I'll repeat myself. But uh, Raheem Moore saying you can't go from being a coach of the year candidate to then being fired the next year. Yes, you can, you Raheem. Can. And you're about you're to prove going it. To. You're yeah. about to prove that uh, that you are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that absolutely can happen. Yeah. So I think he's gone. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'd be surprised if Jim Caldwell doesn't go. And I, as a matter of fact, have come around. I, I denounced Colts fans, and I still do, who went out and bought Andrew Luck jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just disrespectful. Peyton Manning has made you relevant for the last dozen years or so. To immediately, when he's not playing, go out and buy an Andrew Luck jersey is just a slap in Peyton's, uh, Peyton Manning's face. But I now am of the mind that they should just turn the page. They're long in the tooth. Reggie Wayne is old. Jeff Saturday is old. Many of their key people, Gary Brackett, mm-hmm. Dwight Freeney's getting up there. Robert Mathis is maybe on his way out the door. I think they're now old enough now. Who's relevant? Who's good and, uh, and up and coming on that team? Donald Brown's had some flashes. They've, had some, they've added some pieces on the offensive line. But for the most part... I say this is the time. It's cutthroat business, as they say. Now you just turn the page. Mm-hmm. Make 2012 a rebuilding year. Get Andrew Luck, and I think you let Peyton Manning go because they have way too much money invested in him for a guy you don't know what's going to happen. You part ways with him now. You have the excuse of being able to say, well, listen, you know, he's the neck thing. We didn't know. We can't pay him that much money when it's a question mark. I think you actually fire Jim Caldwell. You get a new coach in there, and you start a whole new era. How say you rank? They might not get the chance because St. Louis is going to lose this week to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. The Colts could win here. They could beat Jacksonville, and it would be like the Packers in 89 who won out and missed out on a chance at Troy Aikman, ended up with Tony Mandritz instead. The Colts could easily do that, and I could easily see that happening. And I don't think that St. Louis would take 
Andrew Luck because they would probably stick with Sam Bradford. But a team like the Browns, who stockpiled a lot of picks last year, could move into that number one spot, give a couple of picks to the St. Louis FC, then the Browns move into that top spot and end up with Andrew Luck. So the Colts are kind of in a bad situation. You know, you talk about these teams that rest their starters once they have their playoff berth locked up. The Colts should have been doing the same thing, but in reverse. Benching anybody who's good. Anybody who looks like they're trying to get off the field. I would No like, one Braylon, does that, though. But no, people, Edwards, I don't, but, I don't Braylon, think that's ever happened. People talk about that. I've been you know, I know the, the San Antonio Spurs did it. Yes, the Spurs did it. The Pittsburgh Penguins infamously or not infamously in my in my book. They <laughs> infamously did it uh, in order to make sure that they got Mario Lemieux in 1984. There are a number. But no NFL team has done that. Although I do think the Buccaneers. I don't think for any draft positioning purpose. I just think they just have quit. Clearly, they decided <laughs> yes. about a month ago. I don't think we need to show up here anymore. I mean, I guess we're, our bodies need to be out on the field, but we're not really going to try anymore. It, they're playing like it's a Pro Bowl game. Yes. So do you think uh, Col- the fact that the Colts are winning these last two games, and you're right, we'll probably win this weekend, does that make Colwell even more fireable in a way? he They, they lost all season, and now he's going to lose That's worse them. than them going 0-16. Right, exactly. Yeah, what have you done, Caldwell? Now you've played us out of our out next QB. Yeah. What about Two though, perfect seasons he's ruined. Well, as far as that goes, we've talked with Handsome Hank over the course of the season about the Miami Dolphins, and things started out pretty grim, and Rank had them in the playoffs, and now it sort of looks good. But, you know, that pick by Rank. And, and I followed suit and threw them in as the sixth seed in the AFC. They're not going to do that. But now you have Matt Moore. Are you excited for 2012 with Matt Moore? Or did you are you have your fingers crossed? Were you upset, in other words, to see Matt Barkley announce that he's staying because that reduces their chances of getting a QB in that first in the first round? Or do you hope that Robert Griffin III falls to them or someone like that? I Well, okay, a few parts to it. Uh, I think Matt Moore will start for the Dolphins at the beginning of next season. Whether he's whether he finishes the season, I don't know. Right. But I think he'll, he'll definitely he's cheap. He'll be on the roster next year, no doubt. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins, with Stephen Russ wanting to make a splash with a coach, which probably isn't going to happen because I don't think he'll get Cow or Gruden or anyone like that. You know who I heard this morning, as a matter of fact, Rich Gannon talking about? Brian Schottenheimer. How uh-huh. uninspired would that oh be if they gosh. got Brian Schottenheimer, who has, I mean, I think it's Mark Sanchez's fault more than it's Brian Schottenheimer's, but Sanchez stinks. You're going to take this guy, this gonna... offense that has been a liability for three seasons as the Jets' defense has carried them to a couple of AFC title games. You're going to hire that guy We're to be your coach? We're going to take the guy who the Jets Ugh. are talking about firing. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Um, so, But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Ross gives Jeff Ireland or whoever the GM is the, the go-ahead to throw away three or four years' worth of draft picks just to get Andrew Luck to move up, you know, if, it, if it's the Rams, for example, to, to go ahead and do that. Or maybe Peyton Manning. Um, and what do we think about the AFC? Rank and I were talking here. I think that Baltimore is going to, to lose to Cincy, which would mean if Pittsburgh can beat Cleveland at Cleveland, and I do not assume victory in that game either, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's Chaz Batch, of course. I could see, I think Pittsburgh wins that. They get the two seed. Is there any chance New England loses at home to the Bills? Do I think that they, no. Sorry, no. I surprised you, Rank, to ask you a <laughs> you question while, while we were doing the podcast. I know you're web surfing right now, but <laughs> do you think there's any chance that the Bills, I'll repeat it, could beat the Patriots? No. No. Handsome Hank. Uh, I think there's a chance, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, the Dolphins well, did their best last weekend, and I and, uh, I don't know. The Bills haven't been playing very well. The AFC, except that they did play well last week against against, the Broncos. Broncos, But I'll tell you, the the Patriots are 
I mean, who's the who is a really good team in the AFC? There isn't one. The, the, the Patriots the, the, should go to the Super Bowl, but on the other hand, they again struggled. They they defensive. they really could have lost yeah. to the, to the uh, to the Dolphins. And so, what's to say that the that the Bills don't roll in there and take care of business? Well, because you say they that, that you say they struggled uh, defensively, but on off, they didn't score a point in the first half against the Dolphins' defense that isn't that good. And remember, they put up you know Brady had whatever five hundred yards passing on opening day. Uh, you know they. They should have done a lot better than that. Well, in the Bills, yeah. everybody remembers that was the uh, the signature game for the first yep. month of the NFL season. It's a long time ago now. But the Bills picked him off, what, four times, and they took at least one back. I remember that. And, um, you know, I don't. Uh, that's unlikely to happen. So then that that's means exact- that, that that's not going to happen, that, that the Patriots well, That's exactly win this why game. the Patriots are going to beat him. Because right. the Patriots are going to remember that. Yeah. And this is going to be one of those games where Bill Belichick goes out, we're going to make a statement, we're going to wreck – or right the wrong that happened earlier in the season, they'll probably beat him by 40 points. Uh, Tom Brady will probably be throwing the ball a ton just just to just to correct that mistake, and they're going to run up the score on them. I hear but you. But remember, I think the, the, the Bills haven't won uh, in New England since Brady's been on the team. You know, Is that true? Th- I, think, I think that's right. Since he was a third stringer there. Uh, the, the Bills have never won in, in New England. Good inside stat there from Handsome Hank. So we got Patriots, and then I say it's going to be the Steelers, or if it's not, it is obviously then the Ra- the uh, Ravens. Texans, I think that the uh, that the Broncos by hook or by crook. I, the Raiders, that is very interesting, Rank. I, you know, it really could fall that way, but I think the Broncos by hook or by crook are going to wind up with that spot. In the five seed, then I would have the Ravens, and then do you think that the Raiders – you think they're going to win. So if I'm right that Tebow is going to win at home against KC. Wow, that's tough, though. You're right. They aren't going to beat KC, are they? They're, they're, Kyle Orton's going to come in there and beat them, isn't he? That is the way it's going to go because that's the way the mm-hmm. script goes. So yes. it's got to be that way. So if the Raiders do it, all right, I scratch it out. It's the Raiders, Raiders four. at the four seed. The Ravens with the five seed, which is that's your game. It's the Ravens at Raiders. And then the Texans host the Bengals. The Bengals. If if we're right about that, then they're going to host the Bengals. Boy, not exactly a juicy first week of football. The Ravens at Ugh. the Raiders and Bengals at Texans. Blech. No, wait. Really hold on a second. One. Ravens, Raiders. I like that. That sounds good. That, that sounds, sounds all right. Yeah. I don't know. But um, oh, Only- before we get, and we got Shady McCoy coming up here in one second, and then we'll get into the NFC. But handsome, one thing, one order of business, because coming up in a couple of days, the Shecky Awards 2011, it's very exciting. We, uh, we're, we're counting the final ballot. Really, I'm the only one who votes, so there's not a lot of counting required there. But anyway, we have all the categories. Rank, you're going to give out an award. I think I'm going to give out an award. You've yes. decided to wedge yourself in there. Yes, sir. You can you can stop web surfing for a couple. Minutes I was and looking come up, up with draft positions. Sorry, and uh, maybe even Black Tile come up with something. But what I've asked everybody is is I'm also cobbling together my list of movie foxes again. If you haven't heard the show lately, we're talking about not the actresses. I don't want to hear Angelina Jolie or Scarlett Johansson. I'm talking about the character. Is what I'm saying. You understand? Okay, I the do difference? understand. There's I'm, a distinction to be made. Absolutely. I don't want to hear Liz Hurley in Bedazzled. I want no. to hear The Devil the in Bedazzled. That's Bedazzled. the choice. So, so I'm cobbling s- that together. Rank, what was your choice? We went with... Princess Naya in Flash Gordon. That's a great one. It is good. But I like I like Dale Arden in Flash Gordon, 1980, a gem of a picture if you didn't see it. Um, but I think you could go either Who did one. you ultimately vote for? I don't. I don't want to say Heather Thomas and Zaft. You don't remember not, her name. I don't remember her name. All right, and you can come up with that. But that's the role. Black tie. Who did you go with? 
I went with the Black Canary. You didn't go with the Black Canary. You went with the Black Widow. Oh, yeah. That's who I meant. Yep. <laughs> the Black, <laughs> Black Canary. <laughs> and now, Handsome Hank, I turn to you. What's your okay, choice? Okay, mine is, uh, this is from my teenage years. Loved it. Uh, and again, I, I don't know the character's name exactly, but it's the babysitter in Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, that's, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth from, uh, Shue. Elizabeth Shue, yeah. I right. think, that, uh, we gotta go That's Elizabeth- her best role? No. You gotta get her role, you gotta get her character from Leaving Las Vegas, or... Cocktail. Or The Saint. Not cocktail. Yeah, The Saint. Ooh, the Saint. Is good. I mean, it's the... It, it's the All right, I'm gonna add but, that one. I like that one. You know what's, to me, what's her best role, where she's foxiest, is in uh, Palmetto. A terrible picture with Woody Harrelson. But it's uh, you know sweaty bayou picture, a lot of uh, sweaty love making, <laughs> <laughs> and as a vigorous lover, that's uh, that's uh, that, that that's, speaks to me. Yeah. Um, and oh, also Steve Smith of the uh, Panthers, of course, uh, you know our pal here on the podcast. He selected. Um, he went with like now I can't think of her name either in the picture, but uh, in uh, the Notebook. Yes. Not Rose McGowan. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams was his choice there. So uh, anyway, so we'll, that'll be only one of the awards that we give away. I'll make that announcement and all the others for the Shecky Awards 2011. So be on the lookout for those in a couple of days. But ultimately, you decide. We we nominate. You decide. Well, With that, I'm going to allow that category. Rank. I think it's pretty nice of me. I, I've allowed Rank to have a category of his own. So yes. that's going to be his thing. Right, now, but in that category where you've solicited responses from a lot of people, who you you make the final decision. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just I, I consider the world my Simon Cowell, you know, and Paul <laughs> Abdul. You're merely making suggestions to me. I don't have to listen to any of it. Just it, right. I really use you to make sure that nobody – the world, when I say you, I mean – the, you know the big blue marble and its residence. You have that tight make shirt sure, look of Simon Cowell down to a pad. I don't want I don't want any uh, names to slip through the crack. Yeah, you know what? I did. I took off my button down shirt because uh, because I'm feeling a little dewy, quite frankly, because I'm very excited <laughs> to speak with our next guest here. He, I believe he's on the line. Says Black Tie. He is on the line with us right now. He is. Ooh, excellent. Let's go. Why so, don't you tell us? So. Handsome Hank, thanks for stopping by. Banner work. Happy holidays. Enjoy the new year with the little one, and we'll talk to you hopefully next week or maybe even for the Shecky Awards. Maybe you could even make it. You could announce one of the Shecky Awards. That would be my pleasure. Would that? Yeah, really would. That would be big for me. Your honor, even. My honor and pleasure. Okay, great. All right, so let's get to right now. There goes Handsome Hank out the door and via the telephone. (laughs) Joining us right now, Philadelphia Eagles superstar running back, perhaps even – the best running back in the NFL. It's Shady McCoy. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, just relaxing. I'm a pretty good win. Looking forward to this next uh, uh, game against the Redskins. Are you looking forward to it, though, Shady? Do you guys feel in the uh, in the locker room from Andy Reid on down? Do you guys feel like this is a big game for you to close out the season with, that started out with obviously all the hype? Do you feel like it's important to close it out on a on a uh, positive note? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, coach. And his biggest thing is just going out with pride. Um, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, in the beginning of the season when we had opportunities, he didn't take advantage of it. You know, so the best thing we could do now is just kind of, you know, control what we can control. And that means just when the rest of the game is out, you know, and prepare for next season. Do you guys sit around the locker room like uh, like we fans do and sort of look at one moment in the season that said, if that one would have gone differently – Everything would be different because, to me, I think about the Sunday night game down in Atlanta when uh, when Mike Vick got hurt. You guys were on your way to win in that game. I feel like if you would have pulled that one out, you guys would have probably fulfilled all the expectations that uh, so many people had for you. Do, you. do you think about that game or any other on the schedule this year? Well, it's actually hard not to really think about the games. You know, and that's one of the 
the games that we really could have won. You know, uh, kind of that same, that similar pattern, the games we did lose. You know, kind of having the control of the game and then losing it in the fourth quarter. You know, maybe injury or just not you know, executing. So it's hard to look past it, but, I mean, you have to. You know, you can't, you know, go in the past. You know, think of all the, te- all the times and teams that you, you, didn't, you didn't win. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we would all agree that you're playing the best football right now. You're probably the best team in the NFC East right now. But come Sunday night, are you going to be sitting down watching that game, Cowboys and the Giants, and who do you think's going to win? You know what? I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, I'm not sure who will win because it depends on, on you know, the turnover thing and, and, and probably uh, the, the concentration, all them things, concentrating, you know, the turnovers, uh, you know, defense, quarterback play, so – uh, it'll be tough, man. You know, um, I don't. I'm not going to probably watch the game. <laughs> you know, it's going to hurt me. To yeah. watch it. So, if I had to pick a team, I'd probably pick the, the uh, Giants. I think. So you think the Giants are going to win it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so, man. I got a lot of friends on the Giants team, so I'll root for them. Well, we were just talking about that, Shady. I, you know, as fans, I know I know it sounds like we're children probably to you guys who are professional. And, you know, obviously you're going to make friends along the way. But do you – I mean, we don't want to hear about that, Shady. We don't want to hear that you're friends with the with your arch nemesis. I mean, do you – who do you as – a, as a Philadelphia Eagle in the NFC East, what team do you like the least? You got the, all those bitter rivalries that are decades old. Do you like – do you dislike the Giants – Redskins or Cowboys the most? Well, I don't like, I don't mean, to really pick, it's hard to really pick, you know, because I, I dislike them the uh, same amount, you know, so it's hard to really point a finger and say, oh, I hate this team the most. Because I don't really like them all, you know, um, we yes. got it with them. I think the biggest rivalry is probably the uh, Cowboy rivalry, but uh, I had some personal uh, issues with a couple guys with the Giants, so. It's hard to really say, you know, what team I don't like the most. Do you want to tell us who who those uh, personal issues you have and what they are, and and maybe well, not issues, but I know you guys heard about the whole OC uh, thing sure. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole thing that on all season. So I was kind of a little thing on the on the Twitter. Well, Shady, as far as that sort of stuff goes, I'm a I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm a big uh, Pitt football fan, so of course uh, that means I'm a big fan of yours and was rooting for you coming out of school there. Growing up, are you were you more of a Steeler guy or more of an Eagles guy? And I, I'll say in front of this, uh, either answer is fine by me as long as you don't say the Baltimore Ravens because I know in Harrisburg, PA, they play Ravens games as one of the uh, the main the main games each Sunday. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I'm also kind of split in half. You know, I like the, uh, the Eagles and also the Steelers. You know, so I like them both. What do you think about the fact that uh, I was I was kind of thinking about it? You went to um, to Bishop McCar- uh, to Michigan McDevitt, right? Right. And um, so in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, like I say, the Keystone State's capital. Are you arguably have you considered that you just might be the greatest athlete in the history of Harrisburg? No, as, as well as, as I've done, you know, so far in my career, I'm not. I'm not the top guy. The top guy is Ricky Waters. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know who Ricky Waters is. Sure, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's true. You know, um, great player. Uh, so he's probably the most um, big time player from my area. 
Well, you're modest. You're you're being modest, Shady, but that means that you are in line to not just be the greatest Harrisburg athlete of all time, but you're going to replace Ricky Waters. Uh, again, I know you're modest, but you're going to replace Ricky Waters as the greatest Philadelphia Eagles running back of all time, too. Well, hey, I mean, uh, I think Ricky would want me to surprise him on you know, everything he's done. You know, same as me that for next guy that's coming up. So hopefully, if I'm alive for that, you know, I'm working hard to, to become one of the best. What do you think about the on the other side of the state, though? We ta- I, t- I mentioned Pitt there. Now you're going to have a tough time replacing Tony Dorsett as the greatest pit running back in NFL history. Uh, what do you what do you think about in general? I feel like in the last decade, and I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on Todd Graham and the whole mess that went on there in the past season with uh, the pit program. But in the last decade, do you think any program has wasted more top tier NFL talent? And when I say wasted, I mean c- translating into seven and five type seasons um, in the Big East. I feel like between you, Larry Fitzgerald, Darrell Revis, the list goes on and on of, of great top-tier NFL talent that didn't really turn into a national title contender. Is there any other program you can think of out there that that, that has uh, let so much talent sort of not turn into being a top-ten team? Yeah, I would, I, would, I would put this as one of them teams because uh, all the talent we have there, you know, and, and, and so much, you know, is expected. You know, because all the success that Pitt has had, you know, uh, in the past. You know, a lot of teams you can't require too much because they haven't been as good, you know, where we have been good. So that's kind of the biggest reason I would say, you know, um, Pitt, Pitt is one of the schools where they need to, you know, maximize more, you know, from the star power players. Mm-hmm. What did you, what did you make about uh, – you were under uh, – were you under Coach Wanstatt for your entire time at Pitt? Yes, yes, yep. What did you make of the coach and a great person? Yeah, yeah, he is uh, by all accounts a a great, great guy. What did you make of the whole Todd Graham mess over the uh, the season? It was tough, man, because uh, I'm I'm one of the guys where I support you know my college man. I'm big, 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 uh, big, huge you know Pitt Panther you know alum and a guy who supports his college and so every move they make, you know, I have my own opinion about it. Um, You know, it's tough, man, because you know, we looked hard to find, you know, Coach Graham. I and mean, for him to leave so soon, you know, um, and not really notify anybody about it, it's tough. What about what's going on with the Big East? Because you look at now that Boise State's going to join, San Diego State's join. I think actually both those teams are going in. UNLV's a possibility. What do you think of all these West Coast schools joining the Big East? Well, it'll be a lot of traveling. <laughs> but, no, I just um, I guess it's good for the, uh, for the conference, I mean. The more the, the more teams you can get, the better teams you can get. You know, it gives other teams that's kind of smaller to get their name out there, um, like Boise, who was a good team, you know, year in and year out they produce. So to get them on the big stage, you know, it'll be pretty cool. Shady, don't listen. This Ryan cares about these West Coast teams, these second tier programs. Let's second talk about tier. Let's talk about Pitt. We're talking about the Pitt move to ACC. What do you think that means for uh, for Pitt football going forward here? I think it'd be good for Pitt, you know, considering all the talents, you know, it's come from Pitt, all the good players, you know, I'll get a chance to play against the ACC, you know, and see what the ACC is really about. I think the whole Miami and Florida State thing is kind of dead. Um, they're not as good as they used to be, mm-hmm. you know. So I want to see how things work out. Um, I feel like the Pitt can hold their own. You got to get a solid coach in there. I think uh, the new coach they got, 
Um, I think he'll do a good job in there, and uh, they'll run the ball hard and get some players in there. So we'll be ready to roll. ACC better watch out. I agree with you, and hoops too. That's going to be fun to watch uh, the Pitt uh, hoops team get into, uh, you know, down in Tobacco Road and watch them play those teams. One last Pitt question for you. Do you think that Pitt needs to, and the answer is obvious, doesn't Pitt need to go back to the uh, script Pitt, the gold helmets? Not the not the Notre Dame gold, but the, the one they wore back when Danny Marino and Tony Dorsett were there. Well, I, I would say so. That's mm-hmm. when a lot of the winning was going on. So I, I would like for them guys to go back to them. With, with the, uh, the real gold helmets. And what about the Eagles uniforms? What's your favorite one that you've worn since uh, since you got into town there? I don't really have a um, kind of a favorite. You know, I like them all. You know, we find a way to, to make that green and white and black look pretty good. So yeah, I like them all. it's good. But listen, the best uniform that you wore was the one you wore against the Packers in Week One last year when you wore that 1960 throwback, just the green and white. That was that was a swell looking uniform. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely pretty sweet. Now, all jerseys. Anything you... outside of that blue and gold one? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you Shady know, had to wear I that. I haven't worn that one yet, so. I know. You, um, you're lucky. I'm going to see what I look like in that. Yeah, hopefully you don't have to wear that one. What about, though, all this stuff now? You you know, second-round draft pick coming out of Pitt. And, um, you know, anybody who got a chance to watch you in your college days, I mean, you, you know, the the shifty, all the comparisons that you're getting to Barry Sanders for how shifty you are, um, are come as no surprise. But it seems like nationally you were a little under the radar. What do you make now that I think a lot of people are talking about you? This It's not just me saying it. A lot of people call you nothing less than the best running back in the NFL. How say you? Well, <clears throat> that's some pretty good accomplishment. Uh Pretty good accomplishments this year. You know, we have plans, you know, getting the records and things like that. But I want to say um, I'm the best back in the league right now. I mean, can't forget about guys like Adrian Peterson. You know, year in year out, you know, plays phenomenal, um, runs runs hard. You know, has that 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 will to just you know to, to be successful. I mean, you got guys like Chris Johnson. You know, he kind of had a down year, but he's still one of the best backs. You know, um, for the last two years he's had over like 2,000 yards and. 16 something on the yard. So, those guys are probably the best backs. You know, I'm probably on that next line of guys, you know, trying to get over the hump. Come on, you know, you're better uh, than Chris Johnson. I don't know, man. I think Chris is a good special player. He's a good player. Um, he does a lot, you know. Um, but it's, I think the next guys are up, man. It's me, kind of, for, for say. Um, you know, you got uh, Foster. You know, it's a lot of guys, man. So, I think we're, the, the young guys is coming up. You know, now, wait a second. Wait a second now, Shady McCoy. You become the general manager. That You, you make history. You're named uh, going into uh, – you're right in the middle of your career. You're named the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they, okay. they redistribute all the talent in the league, and they say, we're going to have a draft starting from square one. You need a running back on your team. You would take Chris Johnson before you drafted Shady McCoy? Well – it depends on the type of offense you have now. Well, I think I'm more of the back that could catch, catch the ball, screens, runs the ball, all them things. You know, if you want to just a, a super duper fast guy, you might take Chris. This is whatever you need. You know. I hear you. All right. Well, listen, what about the teams that you've seen? Obviously, uh, you know, the NFC seems to be a little bit tougher at the top. There, we've been talking about uh, today that I don't know that anybody. The, the Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, and so on all have their flaws. I don't know that any of those teams compare with the best teams in the NFC, namely the Packers 
and the Saints, and I guess you also could put the 49ers in there too. What team yeah. is what team's going to come out of the NFC? Uh, it's so tough, man. You know, just to kind of just to, to give you this one team. There's so many good teams. So hey, Shady, you teams. wanted to come on here and answer all the tough questions. Well, now I'm giving them to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I see. I like to answer everything honestly. All right. You know, and uh, I just feel like I don't know, man. So many good teams, you know. And, and, you know, any given game, you know, teams can lose or teams can win, so it's hard to say. Hmm. It seems like everybody's just assuming the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl, but does a team like the 49ers, do they have the right defense to slow them down? Oh, my God, yeah. Their defense is loaded. You know, I think when they're, when they're full healthy, um, they're a tough team, very tough team. So, uh, I mean, the Packers are so explosive, though. I mean, they probably have, you know, probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now playing. Um, you know, a lot of weapons you know, around them. So you never know. You never know. It seems like what would hold back the 49ers is Alex Smith. When you're on when you're on the sidelines, you're watching the 49ers offense work, do you see Alex Smith and think, like, well, there's a quarterback that can go out and win a championship for them? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he jumps out, out like that to be one of you know, the guys where, okay, he can lead his team to the Super Bowl. But he's doing a good job right now. You know, so he's doing a good enough job where it's working. You know, and I can look at a couple teams where the quarterback play wasn't great, but they had a good, a great defense. You know, and they did good enough for us to win. You know, so um, it's really hard to say, man. I think depending on you know how, how teams play against them, um, they should do it. I mean, they're good teams, good defense. You know, I think Alex Smith he does this enough you know, to get over the hump, man, and uh, and give them a chance to win. Shady, one last question I have for you is we've been talking about uh, our favorite women in movie history. Now, not the actress, but the role that they played. And Steve Smith from the Panthers was with us. And he went with um, – he took uh, – do you ever see the movie The Notebook? No, I've never seen a movie The Notebook. Yeah, neither have I. And I thought it was uh, – I, I thought it was a little, frankly, between you and me, Shady. I, I was a little surprised to hear that that's what Steve Smith likes to see in, in, in his <laughs> private time. But anyway, he went with Rachel McAdams. What movie character do you think is the uh, is the loveliest in movie history? What are you, what, what, what woman do, strikes your fancy when you watch a movie? Uh, with female, you say the yeah. Holly Berry, Jada Pickett. Halle Berry. What what role in particular did you like Halle Berry in? Uh, I like their uh, Swordfish. Oh, in Swordfish. Oh, see, that's right. what I was talking All about. All right, I'm putting together my formal list. Shady McCoy considered that one added to it, and uh, we're going to put that one in there. And gotcha. um, All right, well, listen, Shady. Uh, congratulations uh, to all you guys on rounding into shape when it seemed like uh, you guys certainly could have started mailing it in for the month of December and uh, looking forward to And what, what uh, actually, as a matter of fact, one last question for you. What about the news that Steve Spagnolo is anticipating um, getting, uh, getting relieved of his duties there in St. Louis? And then that would mean that he comes back to Philly to be the defensive coordinator. What do you make of that news? Hey, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not really my call as far as you know the player. Um, I think I think we're pretty good at Philly, you know. But if, if the head office and they want to bring him in or whatever, because he's been there before, he's done a great job. Whatever they want to do, I back him 100. percent All right, very good. Well, Shady McCoy, good luck against those uh, those Redskins. And by the way, those the, talk about nice uniforms. Those Redskins gold pants are pretty nice, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See, that's the that's what I want to hear out of you, Shady. Yeah. You can't be like, yeah, I like their uniforms. No, no way. They're going to be covered Hesitation. in blood when you're through with them, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Shady, listen, uh, good luck in that game and have a happy new year and uh, much obliged for the time today. All right, guys. All right, take good care. I like that Shady McCoy, see? Nice. Keystone nice Stater. You see he's humble there, Rank? He was. Can you imagine? I'll tell you, it's really actually interesting. A lot of people, when I, uh, when I go out into the world and I mm. walk the streets, because I'm a man of the people, a lot of people come up to me and I when say, you please. When you don't send out your porter? Yeah, well, I say, I, yeah, I say a lot of it. They come up to me and they're like, hey, Dave Damashek. I'm like, please, uh, uh, don't look me in the eye. Now continue. <laughs> and they often say, what's it like? What are, what are athletes? Or what are these guys like? Are they, you know, oh, this guy's my favorite. Have you ever met so-and-so? And uh, I always say, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're human beings. Just, <laughs> like that sort just of like obnoxious you and me. sort of thing. They're they're not just like you and they, me. They put on their pants one leg at a time. You know, as a matter of fact, that is generally not the case. You know, the guy who, and I'm not saying this about Shady McCoy, because he actually stands out as not being that guy after just a couple of minutes with him. The thing that's interesting about these, you know, when you're growing up, there's always the one ultra competitive guy, mm-hmm. and you play wiffle ball with him, and he and, and he and he throws the bat, and he, and he walks home. Literally, we had a guy in my neighborhood who would, if I would strike him out, he would he'd throw the bat and walk home, mm-hmm. and and you know it's, a, it's obnoxious that kind of behavior. That's who they're talking about when they say, hey, Joe Montana, hey, Tom Brady, whatever it is. You know, this guy, Michael Jordan, he hates to lose. You know, it doesn't make a difference if they're playing tiddlywinks. He wants a win, and he gets angry if he doesn't. He's very competitive. In other words, he's that neighborhood jerk. You know, like, settle down, man. And we're all playing. I want to win, too. But you don't have to walk away and throw the ball and all that kind of crap. I broke my neighbor's bop it. The other day, I don't know if I should bring that up. You're still you're still that kind of competitive. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's what strikes me about these guys. They've been, you know, it's it's all the cliches you've heard. They've been given everything their whole lives. You know, they've been treated like kings, and so they have a weird perspective as they go through life. They mm-hmm. are they do not relate to our situation in the world. They have right. money, but it's not even about the money. It's not just the athletic ability that they can't relate to. Like, wait, you can't dunk a basketball? It's not like that. <laughs> kind of stunned thing they don't understand what it is to just for everybody to to the world doesn't bend over for for you and me unfortunately but every but when these guys they just assume that that's the way it is for human beings they don't i don't think completely grasp that they're living on a higher plane than the rest of us the way the world caters to them you know what i'm saying absolutely because if i sit there and i throw a bat after i strike out i get benched i get yelled at or whatever daryl kyle does it it's like hey man it's cool it's we'll why bed. it's why so many of these guys struggle to you know you say why is he being so petulant he got pulled out of the lineup why is he acting because it's never happened to him before he can't relate to like wait what is that wait a second you're sitting me down wait, I, yeah. wait what on what planet would that ever happen you know they can't <laughs> relate to it that being said I thought Shady McCoy was uh, was unusually humble he can't even put himself ahead of Chris Johnson Jeez, that who's was, been better on. the last two I mean this isn't like he's had a better month and a half he's had two years that are better than chris Johnson. i would have been like okay adrian peterson's now a i know he doesn't want to say it. chris johnson sucks <laughs> i'm the best yeah Maybe he, this is where we were talking about where they could use a little pro wrestler in them where they you know what where hulk hogan and the macho man pretended like they hated each other they would boast about their accomplishments throw a little bit of that into the mix too you know show up like don't sit in that prayer circle walk off the field don't say anything 
I appreciate that more because the thing that really bugs me is you think about all the money you spend going to a game. You buy the jersey. You're buying beers. You're doing all this stuff. All the time commitment. At least pretend like you care. That's mm-hmm. my number one. It, it, just humor me while I'm still in the stadium. You guys can go out and you can go hang out at a bar after the game. I don't care what you do. But while I'm still physically in the building, pretend like this loss is hurting you a little bit. That's right. Yeah, and I like that he backed off that. Well, I got some friends on the Giants, and I challenged yeah. him. And he started talking the right kind of talk. He wanted to go. You that, I, what did we say on the podcast, as a matter of fact, when the human Yora and Shady stuff went, the, the Twitter war, and look it up if you don't know what we're talking about, they, went, they, they exchanged words. And a couple of rounds worth, too. They yes. didn't just both throw one shot. They responded and everything. It was terrific. Um, that's what we need. That's great for the NFL. People wring their hands like, I sense that the NFL sort of is like, uh-oh, we better put a cap on this because this is bad. No, no, no. This is exactly this is what good. you want. What you don't want is the prayer circle. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. It's maybe. interesting, at least. Yes. And now, that's, and you know, and I, 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 I hate to keep using the professional wrestling as an example. but when, I hate it, too. But so when, does America, Adam. They don't. America is actually in favor of this. But when, like, CM <laughs> Punk is, is exchanging tweets with somebody to where you think, like, well, are they really mad at each other? Like, I like that kind of stuff. Um, so... Anyway, great stuff out of Shady McCoy and uh, and a great choice out of him, I think, in uh, – I'm, I'm trying to find the name here. Ginger Knowles. Ginger Knowles. From, from uh, Swordfish Done. is what he chose. And uh, a lot of people seem to like that one, too. I've yeah, I've from, gotten that a couple of times. From people on Twitter. And by the way, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Damashek and at Adam Rank. And uh, on episode 43, we're going to talk to Steve Smith, and we also got to look at the playoff picture. We didn't even look at the NFC yet, so we've definitely got to dig into that. Be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry... But it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.